Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Telling you, bro. What's been happening, bro? Uh, not too much. Still hitting more peggy Check one, two, test one, two, Prestige Worldwide. Oh, oh shit, this thing's on. We're recording. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, as always, just finished this 39-show arena show tour with Daryl Hall and John Oates this summer. It took up most of my summer. And it's good to be back home and really good to be back home. Up in my studio working on some projects, writing some new music. And I thought I would take a day off and get this episode out to you, dear listener. Sammy Hagar. I mean, come on. One of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time. Bad Motor Scooter. Rock Candy. Montrose. Van Halen. And his main man, Vic Johnson, also sat in on the episode and joined in. I first met Sammy uh, back when we did Daryl Hall's TV show live from Daryl's house. We recorded an episode down in Cabo at Sammy's club, and we kind of hit it off, stayed in touch. And Sammy invited me to sit in with his band a couple times with Mike Anthony, original bass player for Van Halen, and Vic on guitar, and Jason Bonham on drums. That was cool. And uh, he recently hit me up to... um, help him put together an episode for his own tv show called rock and roll road trip which we did recorded that that was fun so uh those of you that are listening oh i gotta say too i mean i'm a huge huge van halen fan huge i used to have a teacher who would say huge i don't know if that's a real word but huge van halen fan eddie van halen my guitar hero still is big influence so this makes it extra special i I love all van halen the the dave and sammy stuff if you notice some of my episodes i'll use musical excerpts from you know friends music and stuff not going to do that this one couple reasons i want to get it done quickly takes a lot of time to do that and also i don't want to get any cease and desist letters from van halen managers and attorneys so instead, you're listening to a tune called Slow from my record Grease Factor. I wanted to rock some pound cake, but hey, use your imagination, you know? Dreams, finish what you started right here, right now, black and blue, pound cake. Love comes walking in, 5150 OU812, unlawful carnal knowledge. I mean, man, 
so many great Van Halen things with Sammy. And of course, the Montrose stuff. And we'll talk about all that. All I ask is you leave me a nice rating on iTunes. If you take a second and do that, I'd really appreciate it. A comment. All great. So on a beautiful California day, I head over to Sammy's. He says, hey, you got to text me because I'm not going to hear that buzzer, man. I'm going to be playing guitar really loud. And he was right. Sammy finally comes to the door. Here we go. Enjoy. Hey, Shane, what's happening? What's up, Sammy? All right. I am here at Sammy Hagar's studio with the one and only Sammy Hagar and his main right-hand man, Mr. Vic Johnson. Hello, everyone. And where are we? Yeah, Northern California. Northern you California. Know. Yeah, I, I, I built this... Discreet location. <coughs> I built this studio about nine, ten years ago. Just for my own use, um, I don't. It's not available to rent out, you know. Right. And it's a very personal place for me. And Vic and I, we spend, you know, probably ten, fifteen hours a week over here. It's yeah. like this is our our little man cave. But Chickenfoot did both records here, and uh, I did my record with um, Sammy Hagar and friends here. And we just finished a new record, which tentatively is is being called right now, uh, Space Between. Sammy Hagar in the circle, space between. Well, you heard it here first. Yes, you did. Does Eddie well, Trunk even know this yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> and Trunk's my man, I man. Know, I love I Eddie. Know, I but no, it. you know, it's just coincidence, Shane. It's you know, we've been friends for a long time, and you popped in here, and and uh, I said, sure, let's do this. But I I don't have a motive for trying to sell the record. I don't even have a record deal yet. I haven't went and shopped yet. We just finished. Just finished the mixes. It's being mastered next week and uh, then I'm going to take it to record companies and hopefully come out in January. Nice. Yeah, man. So well, f- first album for The Circle. You know, this band, Jason and Vic and Michael Anthony, uh, Jason Bonham, Vic Johnson and Michael Anthony and myself, we've been playing together for how many years? It's been four years, I think. Four years and we okay. do shows all over, you know, but we don't have... Uh, we've never had a record. We, we, the first tour we did, the first five shows we ever played, we recorded a live CD and a live and a live DVD. The first freaking week. There you go, man. There's no playing around. Yeah. So right said, no, we got to give the people some new material. The problem is, is that I know you know the problem when you play when you have a band like this where we got Van Halen songs because of me and Mikey. We've got. Sammy Solo, we got Chicken Foot, we got Montrose, we even play some Led Zeppelin songs. When you have a set list like that, it's hard to write a new song to stick in between there. You know, in between, I can't drive 55 right now and whole lot of love. Right, you're gonna put some brand new song in there. It's gonna be tough, but I think we, I think we did it. I think we got a good record. Uh, yeah, well, I can't wait to hear that, man. Yeah, I heard you guys in in. Uh, well, you were nice enough to invite me to Biloxi, and I sat in with you and. Um, you killed those Zeppelin covers, man. I mean, you know how good it feels to play a Led Zeppelin song with Jason Bonham on drums. I, I, I got to experience it that night. It was great. Yeah, man. that's and Vic's that's the killing whole key. the parts, man. I mean, uh, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. That's that's where you came and played with this Biloxi. But first time I met you was in Cabo with, with, with Daryl. With that's the, right at uh, Daryl's house. But it was it was Daryl's house at Sammy's house. At Sammy's house. <laughs> You want to be on Daryl's house? Yeah, but I'm not going to Daryl's house. You have to come to I would go to Daryl's and just know, when they time frame. Let me they... see, think. Pauling, New York, or Cabo? And when was that? Like in March? You, you know, yeah, I think we made the better decision. But uh, Well, it was because I was down there that time, you know, so I said the time frame they were trying to get me to do the show, I happened to be in Cabo. I wasn't trying to be a prick. I no, was, no, no, I didn't I mean was, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, well, but, we, got, uh, we got to be careful about my know, image, you know, Shane. I'm, a lot of people think I'm a, a mean guy. You no, know? I've never heard one bad thing. Oh. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was on my way here and I went into one of the buses to grab something to drink on the ride over here, and the guy's like, "Where are you? Where are you headed to?" Uh, I'm going to a friend's house. And so it just kind of came out like doing an interview, going to visit this, you know, Sam Hagar, and he goes, "Man, I drove. Um, I forget the band." And he said they were on the bill. He was one of the nicest guys I ever met. Boom! See, he just said that to me. Well, we have to protect that. See, Shane, you know, you got to be careful. You know, I wouldn't want somebody to get the wrong Libra, idea right? about me. Yeah, we're fellow Libras, exactly. Like Daryl too, right? A it's Libra. a Libra fest. But you know, it's funny. <laughs> I always tell everybody when we did that taping because I get emails where people are like. Okay, uh, rock candy. Sammy shows up. It's like 11 a.m. I mean, usually 11 a.m. The <laughs> That's crew what he is did getting Cabo. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Usually oh, the remember, crew yeah, is getting. Yeah. I mean, I just plugged in my shit. Like I'm just tuning up and yeah. we're banging stuff. And Sammy shows up 11 a.m. Just we run through it one time. He goes. Daryl's like, that felt great. Well, there you go. There's the take. And I was like, can we do it one more time? It's Sammy Hagar. It's like rock candy, man. Can we do it one more time? You just wanted to play it again. That's yeah, all. You well, just wanted to have more or, fun. Uh, what shame. was that tune? Um, there was a chicken foot tune we did. Oh, yeah. Uh, sexy Little Thing. Sexy right. Little Thing. We didn't even make it through the intro. We were rehearsing it. Yeah. And then we were like, woo, that's it. It's done. That's and, how you do you, it. I though, can't man. argue with, with Daryl and Sammy. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, you know, I I, I love Daryl for that because so many guys will beat you to death, you know, trying to work, learn a song. Uh, I just experienced that with somebody else recently. It was just like, my God, hey, we got this. You know what I mean? It's going to be okay. You know, we didn't have to right. do it again and again and again and again. But, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes the first takes can be, with good musicians, are the best because... There's the energy of not knowing the song a little bit, and the tension, and that kind of creates uh, something better than comfort in, in music to me. You know, m music, if someone's too comfortable, you know, it's just, just don't have an edge, you know, just, I, I, I like, <laughs> Vic will tell you. We do it all the time. I'm a one or two so take guy, yeah. Don't, don't feel alone. No, no, I, I, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I mean, well, let me ask you a couple questions, Sammy, like as far as that subject, like for Montrose, those early records, were those really raw? raw? I mean, was that hammered out in the studio or was that done? Uh, we rehearsed uh, in a, a, a room, wrote those songs, eight songs, right? Yeah. Eight, those eight songs. We had two other ones, actually, that everybody knew they weren't going to make a record. Uh, Ted Templeman walked into rehearsal listened to all eight songs live and said okay i'll sign you guys let's go in the studio we f flew to la went straight into the studio amigo the warner brothers studio and and we banged that record out i actually we i think we did it like in 10 days i uh, the first montrose record i actually had a wisdom tooth that got you know where the skin grows over it you know i couldn't shut my mouth impacted impacted yeah. right with the, with the gum had grown over the damn thing and I couldn't shut my mouth, and I was in horrible pain. And I'm, I'm. This is God's truth. And I went uh, to the dentist. Ted Timmons said, "Man, you got to go to a dentist." I'm going, "Yeah, no, I can't. I can't chew. I can't. Eat, I can't eat nothing. You know, it's like a big old pile of skin, flesh in the, in your mouth back there." And uh, I went, and they put me to sleep, and pulled both sides out. I said, "Fuck it, let you. you should, we'll pull the other one too." I'm going, "Okay, what yeah. do I know? You know, yeah. right?" I'm 22 years old, 23. And they pulled both fucking things out, stuck a big chunk of gauze in each side stitched them up you know and i went in and sang bad motor scooter <laughs> god's truth shit, i had fucking blood squirting out of my mouth <laughs> when i sing that it's like 
that's how you know come on those days that's how bad i wanted that shit man i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna miss no day in the studio for nothing wow that's amazing yeah and then ted templeman mixed i never was around for the mixes and all that but but it was pretty raw pretty quick and dirty yeah you know ronnie everybody's good players you know carmasi was really his pocket guy you know most bands that play that kind of music the drummer speeds up you know yeah carmasi was right in there and yeah it's crazy Montrose. I, I met Ronnie Montrose on a Tuesday afternoon, and by that weekend, I took him up to see Denny as a drummer. He had Bill Church and a bunch of other bass players tried out, but we ended up with Bill Church. By that weekend, we had a band. By the next week, I'd written all them songs. I'd already written Bad Motor Scooter, One Thing on My Mind, Make It Last, I Don't Want It. Um, those are my songs that I brought in there, and uh, then we wrote Rock Candy together. Uh, the whole band and, and Ronnie had rocked the nation. Boom, we did one cover of uh, "Good Rockin' Tonight." Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that record, man. Man, I tell you, that, you know, I I think back on that and I think that's like I said, that's the way to do it. You know, the energy is there. You can beat that energy right out and make some sterile record if you're not careful. You know, with a band like that. But anyway, some people do and some people don't. Then again, then you got a record like Asia, where last time I really listened to that record. You know, which they took a hundred years to make. You right. know, uh, last time I listened to that record, I was so blown away how good it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going, wow! I guess you can't just make one of those records overnight <laughs> in five minutes. I think it's a different dish, probably. It is a different sort of meal. You know, I remember you told me on the, on the plane you said that Eddie and Alex would just hammer out riffs and say, "Come over, we have a song," and it would be like one riff. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a whole different approach, right? It would take like a year to do a record. <laughs> yeah, that Van Halen's got into that towards the end. It was like pulling teeth, Van. They, 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 uh, they, every time I'd go home, they'd recut the fucking song at a different tempo. So I'd do a vocal, you know, on the last couple albums. I'd do it like my vocals. And yeah. I'd say, phew, I'm done, man. I got my lyrics done. Come back. Well, you got to come back in. Why would happen? Well, Al and I recut the song. Once you hear something, come back in. The song's in a different key because it sounds better oh, on guitar. Gosh. Nothing to do with the singer. <laughs> uh, a different tempo because Al felt like he could groove it better at a different tempo. So my lyric, I mean, my, my vocals didn't work anymore. Man. I'd have to re-sing the shit. And sometimes we'd do that two and three times. I remember Run Around from uh, Foreign Law Chronology is the first time they tortured me with that. I, I had to sing that song again and again. And then Andy Johns, the producer, erased my vocal trying to punch in a guitar part. And he punched, and he punched, and hit the vocal, and he raised the vocal. Oh! And I had to sing that song so many times. It was like by the oh. time I sang it, I'm going, I fucking hate this song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, but the first album was fifty one fifty was bang, you know. And OU eight one two as well. OU eight one two. We weren't even prepared really. We just threw ourselves in the studio and did it. I mean, I saw I saw you with Van Halen when I, I mean, I was I don't remember the year, but it was I was about seventeen and I was just blown away. And and uh, after you were on Daryl's house, I hadn't listened to those records in years, man. And I I pulled up fifty one fifty and like the opening, you know, yes. that shit is badass, man. Eddie just, had that Strat laying on the floor with a bass string for the E, and it was tuned down to D. Ah. I mean, no, it was it, it was tuned down to A instead of E, ah. and but it was a bass string, and it would it just caused a distortion out of that Marshall that was so badass that riff in that song. Man, I'm sure the enough. speakers love that one. Uh, a yeah. bass string, on it. wow, I never knew. Yeah, that. it was a smaller, you know, wasn't like, like a, a sixty or something like that. I think it was. Something. Yeah, it was. It was big. It's a big string. It was big old string like on a bass. Yeah, yeah, a Barrett sort of a. Uh, Sort of a poor man's baritone guitar, kind of. 
Yeah. Eddie's got kind of like perfect pitch. He's really, he really has, you know, like he can tune a guitar like fucking, there it is, you know. Yeah. And uh, if it wasn't for that, I don't know what fucking key those songs would have been in. I still don't know. I've never really sat down and, and played 5150 and checked out the tuning. But he, Eddie picked a guitar up off the floor and tuned it. And we, we never, there was never a strobo tuner near that band until we started using piano on the second album. And, uh, you know, the, okay. the more the more keyboards he started doing, then all of a sudden we started having the tune. But Mikey would take his bass and always tune to Ed. Eddie go, you know, and Mikey go, boom, boom, dun, 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 and he'd have to tune. And I'd just start singing. I have no idea what key we were in or what, you know, pitch it was. And uh, it's wicked. Oh, yeah. Recording like that, That's you know what I mean? Do it, man. Then you go to yeah. do a keyboard overdub and go, huh? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you you've always worked. You're a great guitar player yourself. Sam. Well, thank and, you very much. Yeah, and you've worked with great guitar players. I mean, Vic Mata, Johnson. Yeah, we're getting to Vic. You know, <laughs> uh, you know I got uh, you know Ronnie Montrose, Eddie Van Halen, Joe Satriani, and Vic. I mean, wh- who is it? What do you look for in guitar player? I know you told me rhythm one time. I mean, is that a thing for you? Yeah, I still guy? think uh, uh, my favorite guitar players are good rhythm players, like mm-hmm. Joe Santriani, Vic. Vic's an amazing rhythm player. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. got, I call him Vic Right Hand Johnson, you know? Yeah. Um, to where guys like Neil Schoen is pretty good. He's got, but he's, you know, he's a left-hand guy. He's a shredder, you know, and he's got really good picking skills. Uh, not picking on him, you know, at all. Ronnie Montrose was a pretty good rhythm player, too. Uh, Eddie's great rhythm player. He was Eddie's probably the most versatile as far as being a shredder and a and a real f- right. pocket guy you right. know joe joe's a pocket guy kind of but not not as much as eddie was that's the only thing i can say eddie his riffs and everything were so in a pocket you know um guys that have feel that's that's mm-hmm. the first thing i look for i don't give a shit if a guy can shred i wouldn't let vic shred on this album he's not one shredding no guitar solo no solos no, no solos i said you know what we've done that yeah you know what what I want people to listen to these songs and hear them as a song and as a lyric and follow the storyline because it's a concept record. It's it's about greed, uh, and it's about the misinterpretation of the devil being money being the root of all evil, and about the devil you know being involved with money and everything. As it starts off, the devil came to Philly, you know, and he, when they start printing money in Philadelphia, you know, and then they went. To California to start printing money in Denver and then went to Fort Knox and put all the gold and silver there and it was like yeah it's devil's work man money's evil and and really it's it's about a guy's um, learning process by getting real rich getting greedy fucking people over then gets really fucked himself old lady leaves him kids turn into drug addicts a trust fund baby loses everything and has a realization in a song called Affirmation that really Money's beautiful. You can change the world. You can feed the poor. You can heal the sick. You can stop a war with money. And that's the last song on the album. It's called uh, Without Greed. Hey, hey, greed is the root of all evil, not mm. money. It's kind of like you know, people misinterpret the Bible. They say money is the, money is evil, but it actually says money is the, the love of money is the root of that's all right. evil. That's right. It's, it's the so greed. You can use it, it to yeah, change. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And we got we got off track. That's what the album's kind of about. We got off track when they started printing money because, see, before that, people worked. You worked the fields. You know, you grew corn and you took it to market. You raised cattle, took it to market. You trapped beaver. You know, whatever you did. And you went and traded that for the goods that you needed for the rest of the year. And, and you just survived off your back. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden when they started printing money, now, oh, I can make, I can work for money now. 
right? And then, oh, I just work a little harder and I get more money. And then, then you get the money and you stash it all away. And the truth of the matter is you don't feel it. You don't feel shit from paper money in a bank. You know, you get the big check. Wow, look, a million dollars goes in the bank. You're sitting there going, man, where can I get another million? <laughs> you know, because you didn't feel anything. Right. right. And uh, there's there's no satisfaction from it. And uh, And unfortunately, but there can be. Give back. You feed people. You know how rewarding that is. You save a child's life that's you know dying of something. The parents can't afford it. You know poor people that just struggling, struggling. You go, you can help people out like that and make the change their lives. That is rewarding. You feel that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what the album's about. Wow, man, that's great. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me to do this, but uh, Vic and 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 Mike and and. Um, um, especially Jason, he's going, oh, fucking Sammy's going to have a fucking concept record. Okay, mate, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, uh, he, he, <laughs> he wasn't believing He wasn't believing it. It was so weird. I'm yeah. saying, no, we're making a concept record. He's going, yeah, 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 you know, I like this song. Okay, fine. You know, like he's just playing the songs. And then when he started hearing the lyrics, he, he, he hit me up about a month ago. He's going, you motherfucker, man. He goes, you fucking did it. <laughs> you know, he said, I was, he goes, I must admit, I was a, I was not a believer. Nobody knew really what we were doing because I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I had a vision and, and, until I finished the lyrics and, and, and didn't put the running order together. I didn't realize if I even had it, you know what I mean? But that, but we nailed it, man. Man, I could, I can visualize cover art right now, <laughs> you know, yeah, gold coins and stuff like no. that. No. No, no, we're working on that right now. So, you know, to me, this is the only Frank Lloyd Wright project I've ever done in my life. When I say Frank Lloyd Wright, right down to the doorknobs, to the fucking color of the screws, everything is going to be is visualized, and it's going to be to perfection. It's cut no corners. Like, oh, that's good enough. Oh, that'll work. That that ain't, we we didn't use that right. That term that'll work. Mm-hmm. We never use that. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. That's the part, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the sound. Yeah, that's the that's the the hook, you know. We'd be like, "Oh, we're done," and then I get a call the next day. No, we're not. We got to go back in and do that one part. It's just not quite right. Yeah. Hey, man, if you have the luxury of having this beautiful yeah. place like Sammy's studio, and <laughs> you don't know how many gear, times we say, "We're done." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we'd be right back in here. No, we're not. I'm afraid to listen to the record now because mm-hmm. it might not right. be done again. Well, I don't it, know. It, hey. At we some got, point, you have to walk away, right? You have to say, yeah. No, it, it's nailed. See, if I didn't think it was nailed, if I thought, you know, it's really, the point isn't there. The point is fucking there. It's like, the point is there. <laughs> so yeah. people will get it. I know, um, you know, when you hear it, after what I just told you, yeah, you'll say, oh, fuck, I totally get it. Yeah, totally get it. It's very uplifting at the end. It's like, wow. You know, save the world time, you know. It's good. How did you find this guy, Vic? Somebody recommended Vic uh, Johnson when I was left Van Halen when I was unceremoniously thrown out of Van Halen. Got <laughs> Walt, Walt Disney. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was uh, um, Walt Disney Publishing guy there that used to come see my band in L.A. a lot, and he knew the old keyboard player Jesse. Oh. So it was through. I didn't know. You know, I really didn't know. Yeah. How it so happened. he called Jesse, and then you know he got my number from an old manager or something that I had. At, you know, but he used to come see us. This guy from and your band Walt Disney. And he'd come see our band. Did your band totally for the close. listeners? But you were in another band after Bus the, Boys. The Bus Boys. That. Yeah, the Bus Boys. Yeah. 
But that was way before. I loved the bus. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. You guys had a pretty good. Yeah, man, it was following, good. man. It was a fun little time yeah. that band. But um, so they came. He called me. The guy from Walt Disney called. Okay. First, not Jesse. I talked to. The, I don't know who this guy was. He's rambling on about. I think you're the perfect guy, the guitar player for Sammy Hagar. Honestly. I, didn't, I had no idea who he was. I was like, wait a minute, slow, slow up. Who, who, what are you doing? Who are you? You know, uh, you know, I work at Walt Disney. I'm thinking this guy's a liar. Look at me. I don't know all this shit. Because the phone call came out. Now I'm interested. Yeah, then what happened? Yeah, you want to? It came out of nowhere. You know, it just came out of nowhere. The phone call. You know, I thought it was a prank phone call. Plus that same day there was this big shooting thing in Burbank that same day that I was supposed to go do this interview with the uh, uh, keyboard player with Jesse and I couldn't make it there that day because it was all the freeways were closed down and everything and I'm and I'm thinking in my mind this can't be real it was well you know that's right Vic uh, Jesse would live in LA at that time that's right and he checked you out first and he said you're gonna love this guy see uh, I was looking for a guy with a hard tail Fucking Les Paul, I did not want to see Whammy Bar coming after sure. Eddie. I'm saying, this cat, I, the first guy that comes up and starts trying to play that finger tap and shit, he's out. I tried a few guys, you know, and as soon as they started playing Eddie shit, I said, out. It's not the kind of band I'm, I'm not looking to compete with Van Halen here. You know, that's what Diamond Dave did, you know, with his first time out. He tried to have another Van Halen band. I think that's the stupidest thing you possibly do, you know, yeah. personally. Yeah. So uh, I wanted, you know, more like a mantra. So I was going to go back to Montrose and Vic walked in and uh, they, <clears throat> we had about four songs I told him to learn or something and when he played Three Lock Box that's when I said oh shit this is my man because it's funky right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, it's got some I play, to it I played it's all swinging Vic was going it was all it was just I don't know he still plays it the same way when he kicks it off and go fuck that's the way it's supposed to sound you know <laughs> yeah man yeah. it was funky yeah just put some swagger to it yeah, yeah. And then bad motor school and I had my black Les Paul I walked in there he did not expect me to come walking in there with a black Les Paul like that you know, you're, you're on your way to audition. You go, should I bring this Kramer Pacer? Or don't, this have Black Les Paul? don't have one. Don't have one. Good decision. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. till later that I said, Vic, can you play Eddie shit? Once I see, once yeah. I knew that he wasn't that kind of player, then I said, can you play it? And he's like, sure enough, I'm going fuck. I'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, man, it's so. Yeah. Now, Vic's <laughs> so been. I, I do my interpretation. You know what no, I mean? No, I've heard it, man. It's very. It's dead on. Right. Yeah, Vic would be in Chicken Foot if we needed another guitar player. Joe yeah. would have him. His first guy, Joe would want. The yeah. first guy I would want. Yeah, you know, it's like um, that's the kind of guy Vic is. He's he's he... sometimes you know <laughs> Joe likes to have another guitar player. Like when we do acoustic for a cure, he uses Vic for, for oh, his yeah. little instrumentals. He always gets Vic to play his uh, second part because he, he loves the way Vic plays too. You know? Oh it's yeah. Like, He's such a great player, man. Yeah. I got to meet him a couple of times. He was really Joe. I, I don't know, but I met him backstage. He was really cool and just mm-hmm. really nice. Joe's Joe's a fucking genius guitar player. There's no question. He's he's like a master. Yeah, he's definitely a fucking master. Um, I don't know how he does it. You know, I sit and watch him play and all the noises. He, I mean, it's like he's got it all down and he's soulful. Like you know, Joe's funky. He, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's got that funky. Hendrixy kind yeah. of yeah. thing too. He loves Hendrix. That's his number yeah. one. But Shane, you're not a bad guitar player now. That's right, I'm working on it, Let's get this straight right now. Well, thank you. I'm working on it. I remember when 
uh, when we did the live at Daryl's house thing, when you played Sexy Little Thing, which I can't even play that riff in the in the time it's in because it's all on the, some it's kind of... It's a weird thing where it starts... Backwards. Weird, yeah, when the, when the beat comes in, it throws the thing Man, off. Man, it's it like... Two, two and four off. Like Curtis Mayfield, Superfly. Remember how it was like... That's it. It was like, boom, bad. It was like, oh, fuck, the one's there. You know? That's a sexy little thing. I love it. And I have a hard time coming and singing in the right spot. And I remember... You played that motherfucker right. You Vic sure plays did. It right I'd now. give anything to play it one more time instead of just a rehearsal <laughs> well, hey, take. Yeah, well, I don't remember. I haven't played problem, it since man? then. What's your problem? Shit. But, you know, what's funny is, like, we play it, and it's great for Daryl because he can just hit his D chord right against it. <laughs> like, yeah. you just... <laughs> <laughs> so he's like this is awesome oh fuck it's done and I'm like and Brian looks at the drummer looks at me and we're like we we didn't even play the whole intro this was a rehearsal mm-hmm. like we, I, I just started playing it, it everybody the way it's supposed to be man it's, on, it's not like it's you know gonna be on TV and preserved for eternity let's <laughs> let's move on that's why I do a rock roll road trip too every time I've done it I've never taken a second take ever well we just did that thing I did the thing with you and, and Shorty yeah. and and uh it was kind of like that. Sammy calls me, he goes, I want this shit to be raggedy. And I said, you called the right cats, man. <laughs> Believe me, it's only going to be that way. It's a good that thing you so want that. I thought it was great. Shorty man. brings his boys in there. It's like, it's it's going to be ignorant and raggedy. Yeah, and man. that's pretty much what you're going to get. You know. That was so cool that you came down to do that. Because I would have been a little uncomfortable without you being there you know because it was right around the corner from my house yeah, that, that was a, from because uh, i have that house in new orleans there was a bunch of cats i never met before in my life and probably would never see again i mean i'd love to see trombo and shorty and all those guys getting there but i mean it's like our lives our, would our past would not have crossed without you there's oh, no question yeah, about yeah, trombo's yeah. a super fun he's a great guy, guy. Man. i've known him I since he was eight years death, old man, man. He used to ride the Neville Brothers bus, and, and we had two buses, Neville Brothers. One would be the, quote, smoking, and the other was the non-smoking. And it was basically Aaron Neville, Art Neville, and the Charlie Neville and the tour manager on one bus, and Cyril Neville and all crew, all band, <laughs> everybody on the other bus. And Shorty would be there, and he was about oh, nine man. years old, and he would be complete mayhem at one in the morning. He would tug at my pants and go, Shane. Give me some red beans out to freeze them, man. And people <laughs> smoking weed and party everywhere. I'd be like, oh, man. Shorty, man, go to bed, man. Go shame. So now he's, you know, he's growing up, man, playing with U2 and all these people. And he's he's still the real down. Highly earth, respected you know? dude, man. And a, and a very sophisticated cat, man. He really is soulful, man. And <clears throat> I love the way he talked about New Orleans, which I know you know about New Orleans. Born and raised there. It's just such a neat place. And. The way he t- spoke about it was, it really touched my heart, man. I was very, very passionate, you know, about there's music. He said, you know, in New Orleans, you know, there's music coming out of every every house. You, do, you walk yeah. down the street and you hear music coming out of people's houses. Mm-hmm. You hear it coming out of bars. You hear it coming out of, you know, restaurants. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. it's like a, just music's coming all over the place, you know. So it's pretty, pretty hip to grow up in that environment. But, you know, that, uh, I've said it before, that, but never to you. That is my favorite episode I've ever done out of the thirty-seven or whatever. Really? Episode. Oh wow. yeah, man. That was that episode. I loved it. It was so full of content and it was so colorful. You know, between the parades and the and Emeril Lagazi and and you guys at the jam at the studio and then going down the street 
and black mm-hmm. and white at yeah. the end, fucking mm-hmm. taking that shit to the streets. Come on, man, that that don't happen every everywhere. <laughs> That's a rare event. If I start me and the boys, we start marching down this fucking street playing like that, people they, they wouldn't know what to think, man. They say, "What the <laughs> fuck are these fools doing?" New Orleans people start joining in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah man. They, we started with about seven of us and ended up with about yeah. thirty or whatever. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's true. It's really fucking. That was my favorite episode ever. That was yeah. a good one. I remember yeah. sitting there watching it on TV. It was I full thought. of life, yes. man. That thing had soul. Yeah. I, I used to own that studio with a couple other partners and Shorty cool bought studio. it from. Yeah, it was a good little spot. And, um, you know, if I, if you'd have asked me six, seven years ago when I was in there, yeah, Sammy Hagar's going to come over and you're going to do a taping. You know, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> See, <laughs> you I never know, said man. the same thing. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you're going to end up in a, that's the beauty in a studio with a, with a trombone player playing bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some trumpets, some horns, and, it, you know, ah, trombone and... And uh, the drummer, the way he was playing. And... The first time I met you, though, Sammy, was out. It was in Minnesota, and you were on the bill, and you must have been there, Vic. And I was playing with Boss Skaggs. Really? And you came oh, backstage, yeah, yeah. and you said, uh, is Boss here? And I was like, man, that's Sammy Agar. Is Boss here? I said, no, he's not here yet. Here, man, I'm bring, bring you guys some tequila. And I was like, wow. And then you came back after. and we Yeah, that was at um, that, uh, that outdoor. Uh, yeah, it's called outdoor. a moon. What's it called? Uh, um, yeah, Moon Jam or yeah, something, yeah. one of those moon, things. Moon Dance or moon, something like that. Yeah, yeah Moon Dance. Yeah, uh, we've done that a few times. And it, that was crazy because Crosby, Sills, and Nash were headlining. And they didn't want me to play That's before right. them. So they threw Boss Gags in there after me, which is crazy. I mean, you know, that should have never happened because he's so fucking good. I thought we played... Kind of music. You Before you guys, uh-uh. wow, wow. That's... I'm almost positive you guys played after me. Because I remember standing side the stage and watching it watching the show yeah, everybody's there early because the place is out in the middle of nowhere you yeah. gotta get there early and it's hard to get into the next year we did it our year or two later we did it and it got rained out and we sat there in torrential rains flooding oh, right. thunder and lightning wiped a whole motherfucker out 40,000 people dressing rooms too everything we, we were Flooding. stranded it was like a mess I mean it was mm. horrible and they said well it's it's cancelled and we're going, fuck, man, we came all the way here to play, man. What are we going to do? So they said, well, there's a bar in the place that still has power in the middle of the of the whole campgrounds or something. And we went jumped up on stage mm-hmm. and we played a fucking in the bar for, you know, for, I mean, I was getting paid. So I said, man, I ain't just taking the money and going home. We came here to fucking play. So we played for about thousand people or 400 people oh yeah. that's cool on oh. somebody else's gear yeah a lot of people would have just said well i guess we're going home yeah that's cool well, like not that. a lot of people all the people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there wow. were cars underwater it, it they got 40 inches of rain overnight it was like oh. it was it did not stop it was coming down new it orleans just, style oh, it yeah. stopped right at that <laughs> fucking venue man it was brutal the tents went down, the stage went down, the PA went, everything, man. I it never was, knew of uh, rain like that in Minnesota. Never, ever, ever. never seen no rain wow, like that. Wow, that sounds heard. like a southern thing. Yeah. Know, not like I mean, way. Jazz Fest, New Orleans Jazz Fest, it's, you, can, you can set your watch on, like, one weekend it's going to rain, mm-hmm. a couple shows will get, you know, it's, all, it's just the nature of when it is, you know. Well, look, man, man Shane, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So fuck, you man, you already can... took up all this time, Shane, man, you know what? You, you're gonna owe me, man. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, you, hey, that machine isn't still on, is it? Because people didn't hear me talk like that to Shane, did they? 
<laughs> no, I walked before I walked in. You said, "Text me when you get here," because I won't hear you because I'm playing guitar real loud, so I could hear it through the door. It was sounded killer. Yeah, I'll play. I'm going to play you uh, one song. I got to play you maybe two, but for sure one. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Not not on your thing though. Oh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, welcome, Thank man. you. Yeah, we got to play Shane Can't Hang. Right? All right, if you're still here, thank you so much for hanging in there. Wish I had more time with Sammy, but we got a lot of good conversation in there with Vic and Sammy. Can't wait to hear that record. I, I did hear a lot of it, actually. We sat, Sammy and I, and listened to it on some killer monitors, and man... When that comes out, slamming tracks. Uh, very Zeppelin-esque. But like like Sammy said, it's a concept record, which is brilliant. Anyway, all I ask is uh, you leave me a good review on iTunes. I really appreciate that. Love hearing from you. I'll try to get another one of these. I did another great interview while I was in Los Angeles, I'll uh, post that one in the next few weeks, hopefully. As always, take care. Hope you're enjoying your summer. See you next time. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.